And we're live, and we're back with the Lataviers. Um, in the room at the moment, we have Latavia, we have producer Ella, and we have special Ooh. guests. Hi. Selukian. The Selukian. The Selukian. The director. Um, cool. Amazing. Welcome back to episode two. Very fun, very cool, very nice. So today... We're talking about toxic relationships. <laughs> Once again, we only talk about things we know. <laughs> we know. <laughs> yes. we because, you know, when we talk about relationships, we're talking friendships, platonic, platonic romantic. Professional. Professional. Um, let's talk about toxic relationships then. Let's dive into it. How would you, Xavier, how would you describe a toxic relationship? Ah. Uh, Ooh, I think, um, well, we'll go strengths-based. <laughs> I think, so the flip side of a, a relationship that is healthy or love, because I'm reading Bell Hooks all about love. <gasps> Black woman, stay uh, being the blueprint. Yeah. And in there, the definition of love is, love is both intention and action. Mm. It is wanting your own and another's spiritual growth. Mm. Love is as love does. Do you just hear all the... Mm. Yeah, yeah. Mm. There's some cooking in the studio. <laughs> Absolutely that. Delicious. <laughs> it's delicious, yeah. So I Finger guess, licking. Yeah, and I guess it's the opposite of that. Anything that, um, I guess, stunts your growth, your spiritual growth in another's, um, anything, yeah, that's like unhealthy, like trauma bonding or, um, you know, gaslighting, gatekeeping, <laughs> girl <Absolutely>. bossing, <laughs> you know. Um, the list goes on. Exactly. Um, I think that for me would be, yeah, anything that kind of stops your growth or another's. Absolutely. It's toxic. Absolutely. Yeah. What about you too? Yeah, I think I have quite like an open view of like what toxic relations look like mm. to me just because I apply it to so many different things. Like yeah. for a really long time, I've had like a really toxic relationship um, with mm. Mahi. Oh, like, yes. um, especially because I just came out of university. She, oh, she was a very toxic girl. But we're so much better now. <laughs> but yeah, I think um, just coming out of that, I just kind of view toxic relations relationships as anything that disturbs your peace. Oh, um, oh. that part. So, yeah, but our piece is slowly being restored. Yeah, every day. What about you, Ella? Um, I think what comes to mind is um, whenever I'm, like, consistently taking the blame to, like, to alleviate the burden from somebody else. Ooh, yes. I find myself doing that a lot, not just in, like, a romantic relationship, but in friendships and in, like, family relationships as well. Yeah. But I feel like that's... I feel like that's common along um, among a lot of women, particularly Pacifica women, because either it's easier for us to handle everything and carry everything and take that burden and that weight off of other people. Absolutely. Mm. And it's and some would even say that's a coping mechanism, yeah. doing it like that yeah. instead of actually facing and confronting that, oh, shit, I am in a toxic situation yeah. with this person. And it's not reciprocal, mm. you know, like you're taking that on. What about you, girl? Oh man, oh god damn. I to be honest, I think you guys covered it, to be honest. I don't think I can add to that. Like even with Sellu's touching on having a toxic relationship with work. Ooh, oh yeah. Big. That hit home. Yeah. <laughs> that hit really hard. You didn't have to bring it up. <laughs> you gotta get that to yourself. <laughs> um tell us about tell us, yeah, come on. Tell us. Tell us. Just tell us. 
Yeah, I, <laughs> I <laughs> you, you know what I mean I, when I say tell us. I've been on like a real big like self love or I guess self care mm-hmm. and acceptance yeah. journey um, recently, where I started to finally prioritize my own well being. First time for everything, <laughs> and um, that was that journey began from leaving a very toxic romantic relationship, and like. I've created my own narrative around that and I've, you know, because I realise not everyone wants to hear my spiel, my 10-minute spiel about he did this, he did that, <laughs> da, 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 and crying and, you know, like that is, that's true and it's what mm. happened but it doesn't need to be my story, Absolutely. you know, and I was listening to a podcast that said like, you know, write down everything you're feeling, like, mm. and it was 10 pages. <laughs> Wait, wait, wait. I've got handwriting like a doctor. I had no business. No one would be able to read it. Um, and then it was like, okay, and then now write a paragraph. This is what you're going to tell people. This is your truth. This is what you want to carry with you because your thoughts become your feelings and then your feelings become how you show up. What? Write a paragraph about? This is your story. Like if people ask like, oh, oh weren't you I with see, this see, person? See, see. And usually it brings up a lot of feelings for you. Yeah. And then I think Triggers. Yeah. triggering. But alongside this, I was in therapy too. <laughs> there was a lot of work being done. And um I yeah, wrote down the story and I guess I'll share the story. <laughs> so I was in a toxic relationship and it was my first serious relationship. Um, you know, I'd done some toxic things and they'd done a lot of toxic things and my boundaries shifted mm-hmm. and I allowed I accepted like a love I thought I deserved Mm. and it wasn't and we just weren't compatible and then I found the strength to leave and I'm very proud of myself I'm proud of you and that's the story you know what I mean and not everyone should have access to all the different you know traumatic things (laughs) that may have taken place but I talk about in like a professional sense absolutely yeah but I guess it kind of unearthed for me a toxic relationship I had with my sense of self. Mm. And that's the more important thing, I think. Oh, shit, yeah. You know, attaching my work to my productivity. And like mm. Alice said, like um, on what you can do for others and mm. constantly putting yourself last. Mm. And, you know, I think as, you know, we're all Pacific women, like maybe we're not always putting ourselves first, but like yeah. why do we always put ourselves last? Mm. Never even second. <laughs> second or Never third? Even not even second. third. Not even third. <laughs> Like, why are we always the last on our list? And it just comes, it comes to the fact that, you know, we were raised in brown culture where it's leadership to, you know, leadership through service. And it's like, we, I only know love through serving, Yeah. you know, like, I don't know love. I've never experienced love. I was, I wasn't taught that way to love through just accepting and taking, like, I only know love through service. I learned that from my dad especially like mainly my dad, my mom and my siblings and everyone around me. Cause it's how they were raised, how I was raised, how you were raised, how probably all of us were raised. Um, But going back to, let's talk about (laughs) pre-prevention. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like when I say pre-prevention, talking about toxic relationships, what are some things you can do? To navigate, you know, the beginning of a relationship, whether it's romantic, work, um, professional, unprofessional, friendship, 
any any new relationship that comes into your life. I see. I see what you're saying. You see what I'm saying? Um, Thank you. My therapist actually <laughs> came up with something really cool. This is free, everyone. <laughs> free for the community. Um, we're never going to gatekeep information. Never. So, so a tool that I use that, that was really helpful, and I hope it can help someone else, mm. is um, often we're hurt because um, our bound we don't have boundaries, mm. or because um, we're pouring a lot into relationships um, that just empty our cup and they don't refill them ever. Mm. Um, so my therapist, also a Pacific woman, period, um, asked me to create these circles of trust, write them on a, on a piece of paper, mm. and no one else has to see them, no one's seen it, and for all the closest people in your life or the people that made think that you're close, write down where you'd put them like on different circles mm. and the closest circle to you is like who you could tell anything to people who you feel safe with people who fill your cup and that might be one or two people mm. you know that are realistically there and then write why they're there and why you trust them to that level and why you and then on the next one close friends that you are very close with there's just some things you wouldn't say and then on the next one, like mates that you'd hang out with kind of in a group setting, like your mates and your friendly, but one-on-one, -on -one, not really, or even family members, you're like, oh, like I don't, I'm not that as safe with you. Mm -hmm. And then on the outer one is like acquaintances, people that may consider you close, but actually you're a cup emptier. <laughs> <laughs> you empty my cup. Yeah. Um, and then you just write why they're there. And it's actually quite freeing to actually like acknowledge mm. And even visualize it. Visual, yeah. yeah, and put it down. And, you know, my therapist said to me, shot sissy, she said, you'll be so surprised to see some people you think are some of your best friends or your closest family members are actually acquaintances. Wow. Yeah. And then you treat them accordingly. Yeah. Because that helps you create your boundaries and stops you, I guess, not stops you, but I guess helps like prevent you from getting hurt mm -hmm. because you're not. And hurting each other. Yeah, exactly. Because you're like, okay, maybe maybe this relationship isn't actually, you know, and wow. it, and also it's like, you don't have to tell them like, yeah. I actually put you on the third ring. So that's <laughs> why. So that's why, I'm, that's why I'm removing you from my close friend story. <laughs> but it's you create your boundaries for yourself. Yeah. And I guess if you need to communicate it in a healthy way, do that. Yeah. But also not everyone deserves access to you. Absolutely. And that was a game changer for me. That part. Not everyone yeah. deserves access to you. Yeah. And not everyone needs to know everything about you. My baby cousin Maccabee, six years old, and he's at a very liberal school that's really focused on talking about their emotions. And my little cousin Maccabee, big for nothing on the rugby field, <laughs> but he's a little teddy bear. <laughs> Maccabee, don't listen to this. Anyway, so um, they have like these mantras at this at their primary school, and it's like, "I am a cup filler," you know, oh. and you know, and um, I, you know, I my cup is overflowing, and I put into other people's cups. And when I'm sad, that means my cup is empty, kind of a thing. And then I think he saw like his sister being told off by his dad or something by their, her dad. And then and then um, he runs up to his to my cousin to his sister and goes, "It's okay, Willa. Dad's cup's just empty." <laughs> <laughs> you know, so <laughs> you know, being able to you know. <laughs> Man's was six at the time. Oh <laughs> so he can't tackle to save his life, but he's tackling emotions. Right. <laughs> you know, and I guess like learning to verbalize and communicate, yeah. you know, a lot of us are learning it now. 
I'm going to use that line. Yeah. I'm going to be like, don't worry, sissy. Yeah. Their cup's just empty, yeah, obviously. Just and, empty. The, and like this little six-year-old said, like, oh, they're projecting. He wasn't projecting, but that was his interpretation. Like, when people are mad, Crazy. their cup's empty. But sometimes it is, you know, when you're gossiping and when you're, you know, um, when you're sharing sometimes, our cups are just empty and like, and it's like, how do we fill it? But Selo Kian, what are the tools yeah, you use? You, that was beautiful, by the way. Do you have any yeah. top tips? That was really beautiful. But like, to be completely honest, I didn't actually have any tools, let alone a tool until like yeah. a couple months ago where I actually had to go through like, um, immediate intervention therapy um, that my GP had set up. And we, I mean, I'm like a very skeptical person. Like I'm yeah. always like, I'm, I don't know why I'm such a big pessimist, but I am. And it wasn't until like I went through a session and we did this one tool that actually did stick with me. Um, so I think like it was in our final session as well. And she had kind of gotten to know me a bit more. And she actually did this thing where I had to like write my name in the middle and I had to draw like circles as well. But this exercise was actually trying to help me figure out um, my negative thought patterns and how oh. they're actually created. Mm. And so she's like, so write your name down and then write. Um, write extra um, like lines attached to your name and what you associate with yourself and then attach to that the feelings that you feel from that and then the whole point of it was trying to get me out of like my negative thought process because she's like it's a process you feel bad and then that leads to something else and you're just going around and around but you're trying to figure out how to get your way out of it and that kind of like blew my yeah. mind because I was Whoa. like, damn, I was going through that all through uni, mm. like just going through like a really bad cycle of like negative thought processes. And then I don't think she realized but at the time it just made me like realize that that came from um, like going through uni and then also like attaching my own like self-worth to like my mahi. Like mm. if my output wasn't like amazing, then I wasn't amazing. Mm. And then that was just like a constant, like endless cycle. But I think with her breaking it down and then me being able to visually see it, I was like, girl, what are you doing? Yeah, like you're literally just like being your worst enemy right now. Mm. And you're stuck in a process that you can easily come out of if you just remember like, mm you can't attach yourself or your like your worth to things that like aren't going to be there forever yeah or like don't have like any like value if you think about it in the real world like sis you're on a cycle Whoa. get out sis, that, is a, that is a big revelation <laughs> no like no what really. a massive so that was a couple months ago that was like Huge. a couple months ago when i was like in the tree <laughs> so like that was yesterday <laughs> Actually, being really honest, that was an hour ago. Yeah. Before, before yeah. this, I had a session. No, really, honestly, like we no, were in the trenches like that. a couple months ago. Yeah. And then I, I think it just like helped me realize like, wow, I'm like, I've had so many negative thought processes, but I've never thought like, how can I get out of this? And why am I putting myself in that process when Absolutely. like, that's not the truth at all. Yeah. Like I'm creating yeah. a reality that doesn't exist. Exactly. about myself so. and like even for you to know that while you're That's doing it. exactly it, it, it's a toxic relationship with yourself it is yeah. it's a toxic relationship with myself and like creating scenarios that don't even exist yeah. and it's just like perceptions that i have about myself that i'm putting on my own self like if yeah. that makes sense no songa that's yeah. huge that is a huge revelation <laughs> honestly Oof. good on you for confronting that yeah. and that is how, and thank you for sharing that thank oh. you. not easy and like what I hear is like the toxic side of this brown excellence yeah. and capitalism. It is. 
it really is that honestly and I, yeah i think like you i mean you all know like especially when you're like constantly trying to like thrive for like that brown excellence like you kind of lose yourself along the way like you have you like in the back of your mind you know i have to work twice as hard just to have half of what that other person has mm-hmm. and like if you're not meeting that level all the time then you're like oh like what am i even doing no but that was beautiful thank you for sharing that Toxic relationship with yourself, that's a thing. And that is a hard confronting thing. And I think it's something that I feel like everyone goes through for the rest of their lives. Mm -hmm. Um, Going back to pre-prevention, my question to you guys is what are some actual, you know, like tools, not to like avoid the conversation, but to show that you have that boundary around that topic or around, um, yeah, that topic because it's a conversational thing. I think before we get into the jams around the table. Um, so other than carrying a compass with you, you draw your circle. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think something when, you know, if thinking about toxic relationships with others or even with ourselves and you need that time to be in the trenches, yeah. like I think something to try to do, which is so much easier said than done, mm. is communicate to your loved ones in yeah. your workplace that you are going through it. Mm. And even as much as like drafting up a message saying, hi, like I don't have the capacity to be the kind of friend you need right now. Maybe they're going through it, and but you actually can't, mm. you know, like say like you're in a low place and then your friends lost someone, you yeah. know, I think it's important to respect yourself and them you know, if they are a good friend, now. <laughs> you know, enough to be like, um, you know, take the time that you need, but then say like communicate and say, if you can say, hi, I don't have the capacity right now, Yeah, but I love you. But I love you. And when I do, you're going to get it all. You're, you're going to get all of me. You're going to get my full cup. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I guess communicating, like doing your best to yeah. communicate, like Absolutely. that is so key. So key. But like how you said, it's, it's hard. Said than done. Yeah, it's hard to do when you're in the trenches. Mm. Um, but it also it helps you with um like future you, mm. I guess. Um Absolutely. with yeah, and I think a big thing is like empathy without boundaries is self distraction. Like yeah. you know, so like what do your boundaries actually look like? Mm. And I think coming up with plans, like your own drawing plans, circles. Yeah, circles, <laughs> but like plans that suit you. Yeah. Whether it's your love language, your coping mechanisms, like Absolutely. I think it's it's really personalized, like what your personal tools look like. And you do a great thing where you tell people and you ask people for their love language and you tell them your love language. Yeah. And that is just like because like for example acts of service instead of I could know that you're going through it and stuff and instead of us talking about it I could just bring you something yeah you know what I mean like understanding how your people work is it's pretty special it's huge yeah yeah exactly and I think um you know as brown woman we got to try read the room a bit more you know um but I think that's yeah I think communicating your boundaries and actually setting them out and then even with work you know, I think an important thing is like establishing your boundaries for yourself. I'm going to work between nine to five mm-hmm. and then even setting up templates for yourself. This is what I do. 
um, if people try to step over those boundaries because they they do, mm. or if people try to bite back around paying me if I'm the only brown person on a panel, mm. um, I you know I've got like messages that not the notes, yeah. <laughs> no not the notes, <laughs> just the copy and paste. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely, it's the copy and paste, and even like you know, Jillian, you asked me for oh what would you say to ask for money for a panel? Mm. You know, I was like oh copy and paste. This is what I would say. <laughs> you know, like I guess having templates ready for when you don't have yeah. Yes, for when you don't have the tools. Yeah. And also, like, for others as well, like, before offloading, something I try to do is, like, do you have capacity right now? Because that's what I would hope for, Mm. is that, like, if I'm going to share something big with someone, like, hey, how are you doing? Let me double check (laughs) that you're not in the trenches, you know? Um, I'm like, hey, do you have capacity right now? I just kind of want to vent. But it's I'll usually tell the people within my inner circle. Mm -hmm. And if they don't, that's all good. Like... Because I'm not expecting you to overextend yourself for me because I'm not overextending myself. Absolutely. Amen. Yeah. Good him. Look at you. Yeah. So those are kind of, I think, the real life kind of things that have been very helpful. But like everyone says this, but saying no is very, very hard. Mm. And I think when I put it into like my context as a Pacific woman, I've said like, not now. Yeah, or they're not, not yet. Not yeah, yet. it's never a no. It's yeah. always like a, can I just finish this first and yeah, then I'll do that. Yeah, exactly. Like, for example, like, if my auntie needs, like, a, needs a ride to work for night shift, but I know I'm going to pull an all-nighter. Like, mm. I know in the grand scheme of things, she wants me to do well at school. Mm. Like, so I need to communicate to her. She's yeah. like, hi, auntie, I'm working on my assignment, but I'll take you to work on Thursday. Yeah. You know, and that's hard, but coming up with a solution, like another option. Absolutely. And it also shows other people, like, no, I am thinking about you, mm. um, but I just don't have the capacity. I need to put me first. Lucius. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I, I'd love to hear your tools, hotties. <laughs> yeah. Salut, Ella. Do you guys have any ta- – let's call it tangible tools. Yeah. Um, honestly, I didn't really get any, like, um, I mean, from, like, our previous conversation, I didn't have, like, really tangible tools until, like, again, a couple of months ago. But standard. Yeah, standard. Um, but I think, like, my tangible tools, what they look like now is, like, quite similar to Tave's. Like, I'm quite big on language, but also when I'm very mindful of my language and I ensure that every encounter that I have, I'm always moving from a place of love. Um, just because I know that when I'm moving from a place of love that your intentions are pure and it's never coming from a hateful place and that you know that it like the person that you're interacting with they feel it as well Um, but yeah those are like some of my favorite buzzwords is capacity like I always say do you have capacity do you have space for this right now and like where are you at right now like I'm always very mindful of other people but you know sometimes the funny thing is is like you can be holding other people with love and have and always be very mindful but sometimes people don't always um return reciprocate it back to you and, and you know I think it's just interesting but I think again it's just coming back to like trying to figure out ways of how you can protect your own peace and like make making sure that you know you're safe as well and I guess what that looks like I'm still trying to like figure that out yeah. um, as well how I can actually make that into a tangible tool so yeah absolutely no absolutely that no 100 percent like it's and it's so interesting you know that conversation um and something with my therapist oh she's out here but um, (laughs) damn you better be paying her good shout out to the gov (laughs) but um 
you know, something we talk about is I think often us as Pacifica women, we show people how to treat us. Yeah. yeah. You know, but um, something she said to me is people aren't mind readers mm. and their interpretations of your actions could be different. And oh. she was, and it was so interesting. Okay, let me, we'll make it romantic for a second. Gross. <laughs> okay, let's have two minutes talking about Come men. On, yeah, okay, but let's yeah, hear I'm it. currently in a very healthy relationship. Oh, embarrassing. Oh, I, oh, I should have said that at the start. Oh, I should have nice. <laughs> said that at the start, but it was oh, interesting. Oh, 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 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <Sound> <laughs> <really>. <laughs> we got some haters in the yeah. studio. Yeah, I'm a hater. Yeah, I'm a hater. From the beginning, Jillian's been hating on this situation. I actually really like Jillian. I guess in regards to, you know, we show people how to treat us. Mm -hmm. And I think I've been in many, like, um, relationships. I haven't been, not many romantic, but (laughs) uh, friendships and work relationships where, like, I'll show them how, like, I think anyone should be treated. And I would hope you'd treat me like this too. But they just straight shit on us. And, like, take advantage of us and exploit us and, you know, um, and I'm just, and it's very hurtful because it's like, wow, like I really gave you the blueprint for, yeah. for how you should treat any human being. Really? And, you, and it's like, you can't even do half of what I'm doing. Yeah. Hurtful. Bye. <laughs> Disgusting. Yeah. And then um, I was telling my, um, it was interesting when I first started talking to this man, well, he was talking to me, obviously pursuing. You were mm. replying. And I was replying and it was interesting. Um, there was a period of time where his comms were horrible. Oof. Disgusting mm. comms. And I was talking to my therapist and I'm like, you know, because, you know, I was, I was, I thought I'd healed. So I, I said to her, I was like, I'm just going to cut him off because I deserve better. I'm putting me first, Lucius. And then she said to him, have you told him how this makes you feel? And I was like, no, but he should just know. How could he know? And she said, she's like, sometimes you should give people a chance, let them know what they've done and give them one chance and tell them this is how I would like to be treated. And if, you know, if they, if they meet you there, Cool. And if they don't, yeah, because sometimes avoidance is just as toxic mm. as ignorance is, as sta- you know, as staying. So I guess it's like, you know, if you're in a safe enough position to do this as well, disclaimer. Yeah. So then I was like, hmm, weird. So I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Were you humbled? I, I, she I said was like, this? sis, there was no need. Yeah. So you said I was dismissive, avoidant with my attachment style. Also that, look up your attachment style. That's another hot girl oh, tip. Damn. So I was like, hmm. And then so. Um, you're making a lot of sense, but I don't yeah. like it. I don't like it. And then so, yeah, exactly. So, you know, I thought I'd give this man a chance because, yeah, I was like, hey, like are you free this weekend this man doesn't respond to me in three days <gasps> and I was like hmm, okay I'm done and then he and then he replied and he was like hey like I am free this week like I'd love to go on a date or something I just seemed it. I was mad mm-hmm. because I was like oh weird and then he responded he was like were you gonna ask anything like did you want to hang out like should we hang out and then I said I was like you can call me okay I was like you can call me so I could say this and I was sacking it because I've never really expressed my boundaries, I think, mm. before in a healthy way yeah. <laughs> because I'll usually just snap. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. where it builds up. Oh, the brown girls get it. Yeah. <laughs> where it builds up. So then he calls me and I could tell the man was sacking it and I was like, as you should. Mm. So he calls and, I, and he was like, okay, so what's up? And I was like, your comms are horrible. <laughs> just went blank. Hey, and how are, you can't beat around the bush. Yeah, tell um, him. And because I deserve clarity. Yeah. And I said to him, I was like, you know, I reached out to you and it takes two seconds to reply. Maybe you're going through something, but you also didn't take the time to respond. My time is also valuable. Mm. Um, so, and then I was so nervous because, like, so often we um, 
change ourselves to adapt to yeah. people relationships to workplaces like yeah. you said you know and then so I was so nervous that like if I bought my full self and if I could get rejected that hurts more yeah. so yeah. then I you know I was saying it but then I was like you know I know me I got me like for the baddies who have lost their dads, Alameo. <laughs> for those of us who risk and love, um, no, like I just want to say, I've lost the most important man to me. Mm, you said nothing, <laughs> <laughs> nothing. Um, you right, nothing. You know. So I was like, okay. And then um, I said this, and I was fully ready because you know, so often we get gaslighted, mm-hmm. and I—that's what I'd experienced in my last situation. And I was ready for it, and I was ready to hang up the phone and block. I, I had my hands ready. <laughs> she had quick maths. He was—he was on speaker, and, he I, was speaker had and I was ready. I was like, <laughs> and then um, this man, you know, it, again, like bare minimum. But this man goes to me, "I'm so sorry. I'm gonna do better. Please Ooh. let me take you out." I really want to make up for this. You deserve more than this. Men's is right. And I said to him, I was like, oh, well, the only apology I accept is changed behavior. So, <laughs> and then he, oh, and then man. you know what he says? This is how I know he was raised by queens, his sisters and his mom. He goes, period queen. <laughs> <laughs> My man said period queen, you know. Oh. And then you were like, that's right. You're yeah. Right. And I was like, you're right. And then just ever since has been constantly working on their communication and, mm. and like showing up for me and I communicate my boundaries Ooh. and they meet me then. Like he said to me, like, you make me want to be better and improve oh. because it's what you deserve. Mm-hmm. And that's what we all deserve is communication. And like, I'm, I'm not going to clap for the man, but I am, I do acknowledge but, that that's very much not the patriarchy. Mm-hmm. And I'm thankful to your to the Wahine in your village mm, who yeah. did the most so that I could get the most. <laughs> <laughs> who did the most so I could get the best. So, so I could get the best because it's what I deserve. It's what you, know? you deserve. So I guess that's like a real life example of, you know, getting through my anxiety. <laughs> and actually asking for what I deserve, but also... We can't, don't even get us started on how bad our mental health system is to even yeah. get therapy, to oh. get counselling, that part. Absolutely. You need therapy on trying to get therapy. Huh? No, really. Dead ass. You do. With having you the, the navigation. <laughs> I know, I got bars like, <laughs> I know that because I don't been through it. Now, our version of like therapy, we just call it DMCs. <laughs> DMCs. We are yeah. therapy. We are this our fear is a therapy session. <laughs> Oh yeah, just um, just on the way to pick up one of the girls. She's going through it. We're just gonna go for a drive and have a DMC. Oh. <laughs> why have we all had the, so many of those? None of us are trained. Why, not us going to a lookout. Why, why is there always two in the front and two in the back? <laughs> and we're all driving and we're all talking about different like traumatic things. And then we're just laughing. We're like, ha, ah, but you know, it is what it is. You know what? Yeah. It is that's how it. Oh, wait, it that is, is toxic. That's the therapy. <laughs> that is toxic. <laughs> you and the, the, the those DMCs that last for literally like four to five hours yeah. Yeah. in the in a fucking car park on top of a mountain at Mission Bay. Oh, yeah, on, yeah. You already know. Or to yeah. diagnose us with. It is what it is. Yeah. It is what it is. <laughs> and then, Sunga, what do you want to eat? <laughs> <laughs> Who else wants Wicked Wings? <laughs> nah, the way you guessed the order too. Because <laughs> we dropped some fire in this car. Eh? We got <laughs> to, hey, that's, we got to make ourselves feel better. Yeah. We got to eat some Wicked Wings. Goddamn. But it's true. Yeah. Therapy is inaccessible. So can I just acknowledge one thing that Tave had touched on? Um, yeah. Like you talking about like your boundaries and everything, which I think is really amazing that you got to a point where you could understand what you're deserving of. But I just wanted to acknowledge the other side of that. Like, mm. especially as brown women, sometimes like not knowing what you're deserving of or like what yeah. your worth is sometimes can come from like um, 
as a brown woman, like you're very used to taking care of everyone else, that it comes to a point that sometimes you don't know how to take care of yourself. Like I remember, again, my therapist, she was like, what does self-care look like to you? How do you take care of yourself? Crickets. I was like, what? were you like, what's self care? I was like, self care. What's that? <laughs> what's that balance? <laughs> <that? laughs> self care. Why not, ma'am? No, really. I like for a long time. I just thought self care was just Netflix, like escapism. Yeah. Like that's all yeah. I thought it was. Yeah. Face mask. No, really. Face mask. Because that's, that's what you see on social that's media. That's what you see on social movies. media. Yeah. yeah, that's what you see on movies. And I was like, oh yeah, that's self care. Mm. She's like, no. What do you actually do? take care of yourself what do you do Ooh. to heal yourself when you've been hurt or you've come through a really dark period and i was just like that's a really good question that's a really great question actually <laughs> a great question even I'll yeah be responding great question. Later. next question <laughs> next question actually but yeah. yeah no that's why i just thought that was amazing that you were you were able to like know what you were deserving of and what you oh. deserve because like i know that so many brown women are still struggling to like understand you know what they're what, feeling, what, what no. they're feeling yeah. um how to take care of themselves how to heal themselves Absolutely. and like how to come out of that so yeah no. shout out to brown woman no it's a journey yeah so it is. it's a constant journey because you're battling um everything like on the inside that's yeah. telling you to put yourself last yeah like you said like i you know i think was it the other episode like we're constantly putting ourselves last oh no it was this one it just feels like yeah. we've got 12 episodes <laughs> no, 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 we've no, actually done five wait 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 wait, wait. <laughs> you know and it's a constant journey yeah um and being able to access therapists and tools and to be able to unpack the systemic stuff behind Absolutely. this and to actually put into privilege yeah, yeah. dead exactly. ass privilege and there's it really is because yeah. you're never you we don't come from communities where it's like just individuals like you're always thinking of like yourself in a holistic kind of sense like it's always yeah. about the community like you're never thinking about yourself individually but even when you do think about like yourself as an individual, you feel selfish when you shouldn't yeah. because mm. you know it's okay yeah. to think about yourself. Okay, no, Selukian, you unlock something. Yeah. Can we <laughs> go on? Can we talk about like you know us as brown women setting our boundaries, but with others who may not have the tools or the access or just don't want to like <laughs> heal. Mm. Like mm. so, we're telling we're saying no to people, our loved ones, our mm. family members, who. You know, because we're in a world that's romanticized, like strong Pacific women. Mm. And people mm. always talk about, oh, like, especially Pacific men, they'll be like, oh, my mum carried our family on our back, eh? Like, and they're saying, like, it's nothing. Yeah, they're like, oh, he, like, it's she, just another, another yeah, story. Yeah, they're like, if my mum can work two jobs, then you can, like, cook. You know what I mean? Like, I guess, you know, and it's like, romanticizing I guess the struggle Mm -hmm. and like constantly that excellence and being able to do everything for everyone and I guess I don't know the answer but (laughs) something I'm wondering is like when we do set our boundaries I guess at the space we're in now with the tools and access and privilege Mm -hmm. you know when we set our boundaries with people the very real um instances and it's happened to myself as well Mm -hmm. is when um people take it very personally Mm, you know, yeah. even if you are approaching it with love as well, yeah. which is hard is because people's interpretations also have their own. And that's something I've constantly tried to think of their own. They're projecting their own things mm. of it. Like they're like, mm. okay, you can't do this for me. Like you don't love me. Like I sacrificed so much for you growing up. Like, and you can't do this, Yeah, you know, like that's very hard. And con- yeah. I, I don't know. Thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> Just going off of you saying like romanticizing the strong independent brown black woman that is toxic Mm. it is not something to be proud of and if you 
this is for anyone who keeps calling someone that strong brown woman. You know, being the strong woman is toxic. Mm-hmm. And if you keep, if you keep, what's the word? If you keep telling them that narrative that, you know, you're so strong, you've gotten through all these things, don't <laughs> yeah. be like, are you okay? Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I will tell you now, nine times out of 10, the strong brown woman in your life is not okay. Mm. And she is due for mm. a breakdown. Yeah. That narrative is so toxic because yeah. if you keep pushing that narrative onto someone, they internalize it. They feel like I can't feel these things because my siblings or my family or my friends keep telling me that I'm this strong brown woman. I don't want to lose that reputation. Yeah. I don't want to yeah. be seen as weak. I don't, you know, all those things. It is a very toxic, toxic. narrative that falls on majority of brown women. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. No, 100%. And like, oh, just that part. Just that part. Yeah. You know, and I think, <laughs> Sorry, I should have had a follow up. No, but like, no, but also it's like we don't even allow our young women to be children. You know, we cut the childhoods short of women. Like, and I know that a lot of us have had to take on responsibilities Mm -hmm. um, and we'll do it again for our family. Yeah, not complaining. Yeah, you know, but I don't think there are, um, there are some communities who don't have to do that. I won't name names, but, you know. You can figure it out for yourself. Yeah, you you know what I'm talking about. (laughs) That people that are allowed to go to the age of 18 without dropping out of school Mm -hmm. and working to support your family. Amen. You know, and like I said, you do it again, but... Mm there's, uh, there's just levels to it. There's levels mm. to it. And, yeah, I was like, I'm done with the word resilient. Yeah. Uh, done with it. Fuck that word. Fuck that word. So are we supposed to flex how much we survived? Yeah. <laughs> I shouldn't have had to survive all that. We shouldn't have had to we go through all that. We shouldn't have to go through all that. Mm. You know? But we did. Yeah. And I don't, yeah. Props to us. Props to us. Props to us. Props to all the brown women out here doing it. But I also hope you get to embrace your divine soft girl energy as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. I hope you have people around you asking if you are okay and you feel comfortable enough to be honest with them. Yeah. I hope you have people that are next to you and you can cry to sissy. Yeah. Crying. I'm going to be honest. I just cried before we started recording. <laughs> <laughs> I was crying. <laughs> And like a baddie, she wiped the tears and we started the interview. we started this interview. (laughs) (laughs) But it's true. It is a toxic narrative. And like having, we've really expanded the term toxic relationships. But identifying as a strong Pacifica woman, don't. You can be, no doubt. You can be, but sissy, you got feelings and you need to acknowledge them and you need to confront them. You need to tell people, your people, how how you're going through it and yeah. how you need their help to deal with it. Yeah, exactly. And, like, I think Sid will touch on it, but, like, your worth isn't attached to how strong you are and Absolutely. how much you can survive. Absolutely. And that doesn't mean – and that doesn't measure your pacificness either. Hard. Yeah. You know? Hard. Whoa. Come on. Shit, like, yeah. Mental health isn't a balangy thing. Isn't and a balangy thing. Human we, thing. You know, and also we're the OGs when it comes to holistic health, that every mm. part of your identity and being and experience impacts your, like, well-being. Absolutely. Like, all these kind of holistic, like, academia is always 12,000 steps ahead of us, Shit, but that's yeah. mainly because of access and elitism. But, yeah. like, these, like, 
brown like mm. academics who have you know come up with these frameworks that very much take us back to pre-colonial ideas of health yeah. and how mental health is yeah. like a pillar Absolutely. so we've been about it it's just about um i guess not discovering it but like rediscovering who we are as pacific yeah. people going back to our roots yeah go back to your roots that that is that is a form of healing oh, that's a different on. conversation yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's for episode 13 that's, for episode 13. <laughs> that's actually our next episode <laughs> <laughs> we're actually going to Samoa. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're, going to we're taking it on the road we, are, we actually did talk about that me and ella that was yeah anyways yeah <laughs> Wow, what a journey, guys. <laughs> it's pretty crazy how we expanded the toxic relationships, who we are as women in our family, young women in our family, all of us, young, wow. I, you guys are incredible, oh, man. Like, this is the therapy session. Yeah. This was the therapy session. <laughs> it really was, but I feel like I upgraded you guys with the mics. <laughs> yeah, you were like, uh, wait, no wicked mics? <laughs> no wicked mics. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to a spot. <laughs>